0: Welcome everybody to the LeaderGov podcast. We're so glad you're with us today. We thank you for taking the time to, uh, you know, listen and learn as a local government leader, whether you're in county operations or a city or or an agency. Uh, no matter where you hail from, we're really really glad you're here. My name is Bill Stark, and I'm one of the co-founders of LeaderGov, along with Tim Finbert. And uh, we're excited to be with you today. Um, We have a terrific guest and topic, and with us today is the former mayor of Delray Beach, Florida, Jeff Perlman, and he has written a book that we highly recommend to all local government officials and other people, and it's called Adventures in Local Politics, How Leadership Brought Back Delray Beach. So
1: great to see you, Jeff, or great to to be with you, Jeff. Thank you, Bill, and it's a it's an honor for me to be with you. I'm a big fan of your podcast and and your work, so thank you.
0: Oh yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm looking forward to digging into the book a little bit, and you know I I, I really um, was drawn to this idea of how leadership brought Delray Beach back, and so just as kind of an introduction for a couple of minutes, if you could just share a little bit about your background. I know you. You're from the Northeast and uh, you made your way down to Florida and you were a a news reporter at one point. So tell us a little bit about your
1: journey and how you decided to run for mayor down there. Sure. Uh, Born and raised uh, in New York, uh, mostly on eastern Long Island and uh, went to school in upstate New York. Uh, Got involved in uh, community journalism, which was uh, an early passion of mine, uh, which was a great background for uh, local politics. Didn't know that at the time, but I was covering local government in upstate New York and uh, then came down to Florida for a newspaper job and uh, did a lot of work with local government covering counties and cities and, uh, and kind of following issues from start to finish and learning about both sides of them. And it was a great background uh, for a leap into politics. I had never planned that uh, but I sat down one day uh, for a, an interview that I was doing over lunch with a mayor of Delray that I had, had admired. His name was Tom Lynch. And he suggested uh, at the end of lunch that you might want to think about running someday yourself. And that kind of took me uh, by surprise. I hadn't thought about it. Uh, but then I couldn't stop thinking about it once uh, Tom had had mentioned that. It took me a couple of years after that lunch to to, to jump uh, into politics in 2000, but he got the wheels turning. So uh, sometimes you just never know uh, when a uh, particularly important person in your life is going to tell you something that changes the trajectory of your life. So Tom did that for me.
0: Wow. Wow. That's a great story um, and really a cool sort of introduction to local government being a reporter. I, I think it's interesting that Sometimes we get put in these uh, situations in life where we have opportunities to to see and discover things. And, and it, it's actually a shift for us. Right. A shift to another area. So that, that's and for pretty- me, that
1: shift, that shift, uh, Bill, was I, I was writing about things and and uh, and that was important. And I think journalism is such a critical part of our democracy. And they, the shift became, well, maybe I want to try to make things happen instead of just report about them. So that was the the, the mental shift that, that, that I had to make.
0: Yeah, wow yeah, probably took a little courage too I imagine <laughs> a little bit <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know in your book um, which is a which is a wonderful easy read and a, a delight to, to read I'm just curious you know what is your what, what would you say is your overall theme? you know I know you focus on relationships, on compassionate relationships you call it on leadership and tell us kind of what your key leadership? messages are that you're trying to convey in, in the book?
1: I think uh, the key message for me is that these jobs in, in, in government are uh, jobs to do, not jobs to have. And there, there's a difference. Um, a lot of elected officials, unfortunately, are looking at the next election cycle all the time. And so they're kind of playing it safe. They're, they're afraid to, uh, to uh, make change. And you really got to remind yourself that this is an incredible honor that you've been given to uh, to lead a, a, a local city or a county. And you have a chance to to make a difference and to matter. So you should try to you know, take some risks and, and it's a job to do and not really worry about the next election cycle. Uh, and I think, actually, if you end up getting things done and and taking some calculated risks, you have a better chance of getting reelected because you could show some results. A lot of people are, uh, you know, kind of play, uh, play it safe and, and and they played what I call dodgeball. And I think you really, to make it, to make a difference, you have to really have that mindset that this is a job to do.
0: Yeah. I really appreciate you saying that because we, um, we, uh, Tim Finbert, my my partner and I, we consistently, encourage city staff, county staff officials with the same message, which is let's break out of the status quo. Let's not manage operations, although they do need to be managed. Let's, let's be bold. Let's, and you said something in your book I wanted to ask you is actually next next question, which is um, you, you have a quote there early in the book that says, great leadership creates opportunities and builds immense value bad leadership or lack of leadership is a killer. I, I love that quote. That really resonated with me because it kind of speaks to what you're talking about of being, being bold, right? Creating opportunities for people that are around you, or the community and the infrastructure, whatever. Could you elaborate on, on what that means to you in, in, your, in your work as mayor?
1: Sure. And I think that sometimes we, we get caught in the day-to-day and uh, and there's a lot of fires you, you've got to put out, uh, particularly in local government where, you know, your phones are ringing and there's uh, tons of email. And now there's social media comments and misinformation that needs to be corrected and you lose sight of the big uh, picture. And I think that um, some of the things I think we need to be thinking about is how magical leadership can be. We've we've kind of lost the the. The poetry, and we're we're in a in a gotcha mentality. But when things are going right, and if you can get uh, people uh, on board and collaborating, and and having uh, you know real conversations instead of talking past one another, uh, you can move mountains. Particularly in local government, uh, where it's it's small enough to be interesting uh, and fascinating, but it's it's also um, you can get your arms around it and move move things forward. Um, our city has five, uh, members of a city commission. If, uh, if we had an idea on Tuesday night, and two other colleagues agreed to pursue it Wednesday morning, things can start to move. And I don't know of any other government, uh, the level of government that, that you can do that. And so we should be always cognizant of, of the, the power and the magic and, of of that kind of uh, agency. And I think sometimes we get lost in the day to day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, um, you mentioned a lot about relationships in, in the book and building healthy relationships, having a bench, or a, a, a bank account, if you will, I think that's your term of uh, relational bank account. And And you talk about compassion and empathy. And I wonder if you could just you know, for the folks that are listening, you know, we've got a, a wide range of people. We got public works people listening and city clerks and county uh, animal care, you know, control managers listening, a lot of different levels of local government. Could you just kind of speak to a moment about the importance of taking the time to build those relationships and being compassionate with the people that you serve?
1: Yes, and it, I think it's critical. And the the bank account um, you, you refer to is. uh it's a reservoir of goodwill. And uh, so if if you're doing these relationship uh, exercises, if you're uh, talking to people, if you're sending notes to people that do a good job, if you're popping your head in to say, you know, how's it going? There's no uh, agenda. I uh, just want to see, you know, if there anything I could do to help you? Over time, this begins to create uh, comfort and relationships and builds a reservoir of, of trust and goodwill. I unfortunately I believe that uh, when the times get, get tough you draw you're able to draw down on that reservoir and, and in local government there there are issues that, that will uh, that will pop up uh, sometimes they're unexpected and you'll draw down on that reservoir. But if you don't have anything in that bank account, Uh, It's very difficult to navigate the specific issue and to recover and move on and and get things uh, moving again for the community. But if you have that reservoir, you're able to sit down and explain a tough uh, decision or or work on a rationale that will be able to get the community maybe back on on board. Well,
0: yeah, I, I think that's a good bridge. I, I wanted to ask you about the the racial incident that that occurred, where a police officer shot a young black man who was fleeing a scene, and it, it turned into quite a, a challenging situation for you as mayor, for the police chief, and you know, I, I think in those kind of situations we have two choices, m- maybe more, but one of them is to pull back to to sort of hide, if you will, to, to disengage. And another, another uh, way to respond is to engage, to lean in and draw upon that reservoir you're talking about. And I just wonder if you would just share a little bit of, of what was going through your mind and how you engaged the public during this very difficult situation. Because again, everyone listening to this podcast is dealing with some challenging stakeholders, right? <laughs> another department that's frustrating to deal with. I mean, yours is a it was a death in your case, it's a significant issue, but we all kind of have the same issue it's conflict it's it's trouble that comes our way. You leaned in, and I just wonder if you could share a little bit about how you and the police chief you know responded during that really challenging time
1: sure uh the the situation was uh we had a fifteen year old uh young man that showed up uh, outside of a school dance and he was stopped. Uh, because there were reports over the police radio of erratic driving through the neighborhood. And, and when he was stopped, uh, he did not have a driver's license, and he made a split-second decision to uh, hit the gas and go forward. And it, it, in I mean, microseconds, uh, the officer, who happened to be a, an off-duty rookie, uh, shot at the car and, and, and killed the, the driver. So, um, you know, when people ask me and they they do often, you know, they're considering running for office or a career in in government, what the highs and the lows were, that was the low because uh, that's a low, so low that you can't even, there's no words to really describe it. My daughter was 15 years old at the time, same age as the young man who was killed and it was just uh, extra, uh, it just hit me in such a way because I think I'm, I'm a dad and, and, and it was, I couldn't imagine losing my daughter so suddenly and so violently. So um, that is something that we made a decision to lean in. And, and really it was about being who we were. We, we were a government that, that by nature was leaning in. Um, there are a lot of people that come out of the woodwork, uh, including attorneys that tell you to hide because uh, you know, there's, a, there's an inquest, there's a grand jury, there's, there's civil suits that are uh, coming out. But that would have been the worst thing we could have done uh, was to change our posture as a government. So we did lean in and we leaned in by going to churches going into people's uh, living rooms, uh, getting a network of community leaders that we were doing nothing but communicating with to kind of stamp out rumors. Um, and people appreciated the the effort, the sincerity that we were bringing to this tragedy and, uh, and that we ourselves were hurting and that we were about trying to get the facts out versus the uh, uh, the rumors that were uh, also taking uh, trying to take root. So I, I think when you have crisis in, in local government, and I think it's a matter of uh, when, not if, I think the best thing to do always is to lean in. Uh, and, and it doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. Uh, you will. Uh, it's a human business. But I think if you show that you're a human being, if you show empathy and compassion, and you're listening, and you're going to people, you're not having them come to you, you're going to them, it gets you through the storm. It, it did for us, and I think it would do it for a lot of other local governments. Yeah, wow, what what a great story, and I just, um,
0: I think about the um, trauma and the emotional uh, atmosphere of that situation, the family, the, the community, the leadership, and you're taking the time and effort and and those around you to to listen and participate and go to them. I love that concept of getting out of our office and going to see other people proactively. Uh, It's really a beautiful example. Um, You know, I wanted to shift gears a a little bit with you and talk about vision uh, because I know that's a big, a big topic and a big uh, message from you. And again, I want to relate this back also to the folks Listing, of course, most of them are staff, uh, leadership of counties and cities and agencies, tax commissions and so forth. And, um, you know, we we work with local governments to help them create strategic plans and visions and uh, purpose statements, this kind of thing. Um, But a lot of times those ideas and things are relegated to um, perhaps not so important, you know. And I think about your uh, the, the saying that you have in the book, uh, the, the city was called Dullray instead of Delray. <laughs> and I, I thought that was kind of clever uh, name, but probably not something y'all want, but you all turned it around. You know, you went from Dullray to this really vibrant, cool city, and there were some investments because you had a vision, right? You all had a, a, a picture, downtown redevelopment plan, whatever it was. So I just wonder if you could speak to a minute a minute about the, the value of having a vision and what that can do in terms of attracting people to your cause.
1: Sure. And, and that's why I admire what you do at, at LeaderGov, because I think that vision is essential. Uh, I think it's the first thing you ought to do and that every city uh, needs to find a way to, to make that happen. Uh, I don't know how you do this job well or effectively, without a vision. Uh, and I think without having a vision, you you can you can drift. It tends to uh, breed some uh, uh, you know, you, you have some individuals on a, on a, a elected body that now have uh, their own agendas versus a common agenda. Uh, so uh, I think managers uh, should insist that their commissions, Uh, And councils have have visions. I think it makes it easier to manage uh, and it's easier to say yes to things. Yes, this fits the vision or no uh, in a polite way because it just doesn't fit the vision. Or you can even say, well, this would work if you if you make these uh, changes that more fit what we're doing as a a community. So I think it's absolutely essential to have the vision. It helps with budgeting. Uh, Let's prioritize the budget to make sure that the vision uh, is funded. Uh, so I think one of the caution once you have a vision, it's really uh, incumbent to deliver on that vision. And if you do, if you get things done and you celebrate those accomplishments, you begin to develop uh, trust uh, in the community. Uh, and I believe that vision should be bottom up and get the community involved. It's more time consuming. It can definitely be messy, but it's worth that upfront investment because then you have buy-in. And when people start to see their time returned with uh, investments on the ground that they can see and enjoy, uh, it just helps the local government uh, enormously. So I don't know how you do it without it. I think what you do uh, with LeaderGov is, is essential work and I, I just don't know of a government that succeeds with, without it. I mean, it's in business, you have a business plan and government, you need a, a vision and your stakeholders need to be involved in that, in crafting that vision. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's why we're yeah. no longer Del Rey, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Amen. <laughs> hey, um,
0: it, it kind of a final final thought i wanted to ask you about um again you, you know we've got uh, quite a variety of folks listening to this uh, podcast and some are like entry level managers uh, supervisors um with with uh, you know different different folks working with them and and um, I, I, all the way up to you know fairly large cities and counties um, management um and I just wonder, um, again, back to your sort of core message around relationship building or, or compassion, if you might share just any, maybe even for a young uh, person entering into public service uh, on a city or county staff, if you might just share some some sort of final thoughts on what you see as as critical elements of good leadership.
1: Sure. Um, I think, unfortunately, uh I think one of the things we have to acknowledge is that somehow in our society, uh, we, we have, uh, denigrated, uh, public service. We, we don't trust government, uh, uh, like we used to trust government. Uh, we are, we label, uh, people bureaucrats that can't get things done. That's the environment we're in right, wrong, or indifferent. I think the way to push back, uh, Respectfully, uh, on that is uh, is to is to build those relationships, to make the investment in getting to know as many stakeholders in your community as you possibly can, and build that reservoir of goodwill, uh, so that you are building trust, uh, that you have allies uh, going forward as you go to to affect change in your community. I think the way to do that and the big advantage of local government that you don't have on a, on a national level is proximity. Uh, You're in, you live in these communities. You tend to, uh, you're part of this community. If you're visible and accessible and you are listening to your stakeholders over time, it's going to make an amazing difference. Uh, and, and in your experience as, as a public servant, and I, I think we can get back. I'm an optimist that, that public service is such a noble profession. People are not getting into local government work to get rich. They're there to serve. And I think uh, we got to get that message out as, as a community that appreciates what government does. Uh, and, and I think it's about being visible and proximate. That's the advantage you don't have if you're if you're sitting in an office in Washington, D.C., writing policy that affects people across the country. You're local and that we should take advantage of.
0: Yeah, really. Uh, thank, thank you for that. I, I, I knew that that core issue of building relationships and getting to know people. And listening to them. That that really resonated for me in your in your message, in your book. Uh, so I appreciate you, you sharing that. I want to encourage everyone that, that is listening uh, to get a copy of the book, maybe even buy five or ten copies for your staff. This is a I think it's a must-read. It's not just about, you know, there are hundreds of books on leadership. This is about leadership in local government. And again, the book is called Adventures in Local Politics: How Leadership Brought Back Delray Beach. And it's by Jeff Perlman, who is our guest today. And I'm going to assume that you can go to Amazon and pick this up. Uh, anywhere else we could find a copy, Jeff? Uh,
1: Amazon is uh, the easiest. Uh, and uh, the, the publisher is 3L Publishing, and they have uh, a website as well. I want to thank you, Bill, for, for, um, for recommending the book. I appreciate it very much. This was the book that I was looking for. Uh, throughout my entire career in uh, in local government, that because I I was reading leadership books, I was reading some books about very large cities, I couldn't find anything that that talked about what I was experiencing on the on the local level, and so um, I decided to to write it myself. <laughs> and I'm glad you like it. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, you know, thank you for being with us. I, I really like the word noble, a noble profession. It's, it's like a teacher or a fireman, you know, serving in local government is a noble profession. And we need to, to, to emphasize that and bring that back. And I, I really love your contribution to that big idea. And I, I hope and pray that a lot of, a lot of books get sold and, and we're able to to restore some of that nobility, if you will to all the fine workers out there in local government, state government, and so forth. So thank you again for being with us. It's been a delight hearing from you and uh, wish you all the best in your work, continued work down in Florida.
1: Thank you, Bill, and thanks for all you do with Leader Gough. Deeply appreciated.
0: You've got it. Have a wonderful day.